Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He brings the passion. For what? I want to know now. I'm, I'm mentally invested. Don't tell me to pray and you don't say what for. He brings the perspective. Yeah, I... I think they both have a great point. Get off me, text line. Uh, he's truly one of a kind. That is wow. Oh, my God. And he's doing a great job. I okay. need you to man up and say what you really want to say. Simon, you're doing a great job. And together, they are Steiny and Guru. Yeah. On 95.7 The Game. What a hell of an intro. Neither one of them are here. Steiny and Guru, the day off. Say hello to my partner, Evan Giddings. This is Dan Vaughn. We got you covered for the next couple of hours talking about, well, we're going to start things where we should start things. And that, of course, is an extended San Francisco 49er postgame show. As the Niners continue to roll, that's nine consecutive wins, an opportunity to make it 10, which would be the longest win streak in franchise history to Ooh. end a campaign. Evan, how are you? How'd you see things yesterday? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, man. No, that that's a game. Look, I don't know if you necessarily want to go to overtime with the Las Vegas Raiders the day after you're probably out down on the strip, but you did it and you won the game. It may not be a great win, but it's a valuable win because at the end of the day, no matter how you felt you played, no matter if the defense gave a 500 yards to a backup quarterback named Jared Stidham, at the end of the day, you are the two seed in the NFC with a chance to get the one. So as many detractors, as many things you felt like it could have been better yesterday, at the end of the day, again, you have the win in hand. Like you said, you got nine in a row with a chance to make history at the tail end of this regular season. So... After yesterday, maybe you're you're feeling a little bit worried, but you got that solace of, well, we technically did improve, and we put ourselves in the driver's seat. And that might have been their biggest win, not only during this win streak, their most significant win the entire season. And here's why. Mm. I think that when you've won nine in a row and potentially ten against an Arizona team that's won just four games this year, I'm not a math guy, right? Like, I don't think a lot of people... Is, that have a live mic and are doing this thing for a living. Math was not, it almost kept me in high school. I would have never got out of college if it wasn't for, you know, some guy that I paid to do, you know, essentially elementary algebra to get me the hell out of the University of Arizona on that six-year plan. But one thing I do know and buy into are percentages and probabilities. If you've won 10 consecutive games towards the end of the season, you got to win another four more 
to win the Super Bowl. And let's face it, right now, fans, the San Francisco 49ers are a Super Bowl favorite. To get there and win it. You heard me correct. Now wow. it depends on who they're going to win it, play, but they're going to de- <laughs> depend on who it is that you're talking to. This is a team that should be in a Super Bowl, and whether it's Kansas City or Buffalo or potentially Cincinnati, I don't know what the spread is. Maybe I'll stop short of should win it, but there's a chance they can win this year's Super they Bowl. They could be favored in every single game the rest of the way. And I say this, is that if you got to win 14 consecutive games, that's difficult. Because the percentages just tell us that you're going to be in line for a stinker. At some point, you're not going to play well. At some point, the defense isn't going to show up. That's not an indictment on you're not as good as maybe you flouted yourself. That's just, again, the percentages that at some point you're going to get a game that maybe not everything was clicking. And I think yesterday was that game. But what was so significant, Ev, is the true testament of a really good football team is that when your defense gives up 500 yards, much like that in New Orleans game going back to 2019. Remember that shootout? I do. And that was thought to be a historic defense. Occasionally your defense isn't going to show up and you still... And I emphasize still win the football game. It wasn't a loss, so you didn't get the monkey off your back, but I think that was the bad taste. That was the bad game, and now they can push reset and go forward. Well, and the other part about it, too, that was the first double-digit lead that Brock Purdy, or deficit, I should say, that Brock Purdy had to overcome. Kyle Shanahan is now 2-33, and and second has when he trails by (laughs) 10 points. But that's his second win. The other win is last season's regular season finale against the Los Angeles Rams. So it does appear over the last couple of seasons, like these 49ers are peaking at the right time. And I'm with you. I do think winning 14 in a row is difficult. But I'm also with you that right now, if you look at the Super Bowl odds, they're tied for the second. I mean, right now, it's pretty much everyone behind the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, 4-1. to Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, 5-1. to that's the group that they're in, right? That's the final four, in my opinion. So you're looking at Buffalo, KC, and the AFC. You're looking at Philly, San Francisco, and the NFC. Anyone else that falls into that picture is, an, is a dark horse, is an underdog. The 49ers are a big dog in this scenario, and they're a big dog because of something they showed yesterday, which was when the defense doesn't have its best day, like you're saying, when you don't have your best performance, Can your offense pick it up? Can Brock Purdy sling you back into a game that you're down by 10 points and that you need a win in, again, to put yourself in a position to maybe have a buy in the first round of the playoffs? We found out on the road, even though there's a lot more, I thought, 49er fans than Raider fans at Allegiant Stadium, we found out that Brock Purdy could do that. He didn't make all the perfect throws. He threw a pick, could have thrown maybe another. His, his, His two touchdowns came in the first half. But in the second half, he got you yards. He threw for almost 250 yards in the second half. And he led you on successive drives in which you needed points down the stretch of a game. Those are valuable situations for this team and specifically Brock Purdy to be in if the goal is to win 14 in a row. Because at some point, Dan, they are probably going to have to come back in a football game and maybe 10 It may be seven. It may be more than ten. But Brock Purdy is going to have to dig you out of a hole eventually. And yesterday, even if it's against a Las Vegas defense that has been much maligned for a lot of the year, he still proved he could do it. When you think about this team, 
and you think about where they're at right now as opposed to early on in the season, and maybe a lot of that's attributed to Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, and certainly the defense is now at full strength and healthy. But the last time the defense didn't show up was when? Against Kansas City. Remember that? And the Kansas City Chiefs just absolutely annihilated and ran away and hit in that second half. And also against Atlanta. Atlanta just said, we're going to run the ball right the hell at you. And so they did. The difference being is that this time around, while the defense didn't show up, you had an offense, much like that of that New Orleans games, that said, you know what, we can win a shootout. You couldn't win a shootout against Kansas City early on in the season. They just didn't have the tools. No. I'm not putting that on my man Jimmy Garoppolo. You just didn't have the boys. And you couldn't win a shootout against Atlanta and or come from behind and win that game against Atlanta simply because the offense wasn't where it's at right now. Want to open up the phone lines and hear from you guys throughout the entire morning and the afternoon. 888-957-9570. Are you buying this team, taking you to a Super Bowl and winning it this year? That's where we're going. Let's start things with Gammons out. Gammon, are you in Tennessee? Let's get out to the volunteer. My man, what's going on? Josh Dobbs fan. Not, not too much, sir. I, I am I am out here in uh, Tennessee, originally from California, uh, serving in the military right now. Um, so shout out to all the all the vets that are out here listening and, and that sort of thing. Salute, yeah, thanks for your service, time. man. I appreciate it, and uh, I, I'm very thankful for Christian McCaffrey's service. <laughs> and one of the big things I, I want to say about this is that there are some 49ers fans who are questioning or talking about um, the importance of the first seed. You know, is it is it worth uh, resting our guys this week or or selling all out, you know, possibly getting some, some key names injured for um, a win that may or may not matter, right, against the Cardinals? And what I want to say is this, is that every team needs rest. It's valuable to, to everybody. And a real quick question for you guys, and then I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm assuming we're going to have the same answer before I make my next point. But who on the offense right now for the last few weeks would you say has been our number one player offensively? Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. And I would I would wholeheartedly agree. We're making a lot we're talking a lot about uh, George Kittle, oh you know, his five touchdowns the last few games for good reason. Brock Purdy, the poise, the exception of, of his composure for where he was drafted to so not only that but being a rookie. But when we're talking about rest for key players on this team, Christian McCaffrey is the only player who hasn't had a bye week, right? And and so one of the big things is this rest would be crucial for guys like Banks, for guys like uh, Greenlaw, for guys like Christian McCaffrey, for guys like Debo. Uh, basically, everybody here on this team, that, that first-round bye is important for, for two reasons. One, it, it keeps us from getting upset. It's like a free win already for that first week in the playoffs. And then number two, yeah, our, our, our guys come back healthy, not dinged up or, or banged up, but gets them that, that crucial rest that they that they need. And I think that's something that we're, we're kind of losing focus on. Number two, um, I, I'm not worried at all about this defense uh, whatsoever. I, I would say this, what would be a bigger indictment to these fans right now? If we won the game, either way, if we won the game by three points in overtime, what if it was 17 to 13? The 49ers only put up 17 points, but the defense did did a bang up job and did what they do statistically by holding teams to 17 points or fewer. Yeah, you know how worried and concerned would we be now about Brock going into the playoffs, or how about the fact that yeah, the the, the 49ers have let 
a couple teams, two teams, maybe three teams this entire season, on an average of once every nine to ten games, score 30 or more points. Yeah, no, I I think he makes a good point. Look, if you're going to have a wake-up call, now would be the time, right? If you're going to have, like you said, if you're going to have a clunker, you still won the game. But if you're going to have a bad game, so to speak, defensively, I know the offense was fine, but up 37 points, second straight week. If you're going to have that game, this would be the time to do it. You do that in the postseason, and I mean play like that. Yeah. Defensively, and even offensively, you lose. You just lose. The teams are better. The margin for error is much more slim. So, yeah, just get that that out of it. And quite frankly, 49er fans, you should be glad because that thing was brewing, the bad game. And we'll get into Brock Purdy, but just to get back to the caller's point about resting guys next week. And listen, man, I want to rain in anyone's parade, and I've been beating this drum, but the high usage of Christian McCaffrey, while we all love this dude, right? Out of Stanford, we know about his old man, the wide receiver for the Broncos, also former Stanford Cardinal, but my goodness, there's a different way to eat this meal. Like Jordan Mason again showed us, look, at, I'm, I may not be as good as Christian McCaffrey, but I'll take it to the house as well. I'll get you to the second level. Now, I'm not saying bubble wrap this guy and don't give him as many carries, but the idea that he's the sole focus and the workhorse when it comes to the running back position with the San Francisco 49ers as if they don't have other guys, it's a bit of a high wire act when you're talking about a guy that's missed the last two years because of injuries. Christian McCaffrey goes down with an injury, which is something that could have been avoidable. You got no one to blame but yourself. And it also, Ev, it drastically changes the complexion of this team immediately. Oh, absolutely. No, Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, is is number one when it comes to important players on offense. I know Brock Purdy has been magical. He's been dynamic. But it all go through it all goes through Christian McCaffrey. And and we've seen a blueprint now in a couple of games of I think how Kyle Shanahan like if we're talking about the first half, we're talking about the twenty four scripted plays, how he likes to start games. Well, it's it's Christian McCaffrey. It's Christian McCaffrey. It's more Christian McCaffrey. He touched the ball fourteen times in the first half. That, in my opinion, was to help them get a lead. But for the first time in seven games, you found yourself looking up the scoreboard and the other team's got more points than you. If you told me that Christian McCaffrey was going to touch the ball 25 times against the Las Vegas Raiders, I'd tell you, what kind of game are we looking at? Because I'm with you. I, I don't think you can afford to overuse him. But another thing that I'm beginning to learn about this kid, Dan, is... Oh, I'm not saying kid. We're the same age. He's a horse. Christian McCaffrey is a workhorse. And I know he's missed the last two years mostly because of injury. But you can make an argument that... One of those season-ending injuries was a little bit of a fluke. He got rolled up on. I mean, because he attacks and attacks, and it doesn't feel like his tank ever hits E. Like, he's asked to come out of a game I've seen maybe once, and that was against Seattle when he touched the ball like 32 times. So Christian McCaffrey is able to manage this load, and I do think that Kyle Shanahan not only will but kind of needs to rely on giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey this amount of times. He's touched the ball 320-some times, or almost 320 times this season. He may need to touch the ball 400-plus. He will have to touch the ball 400-plus if you go into the playoffs. I'm a big fan of him in the slot and as a wide receiver as the primary guy as far as his 
usage and his contribution to the 49ers and being a running back, but being a running back sparingly. Now, I know that's counter to conventional wisdom here when we're talking about the success of the San Francisco 49ers in 2022. But again, man, this is elementary. You run a guy, especially when you get to the wrong side of 30, it's just, it's almost inevitable. And hopefully, you know, the severity of the injury isn't one that's going to keep him sidelined for an extended period of time, but typically it's going to happen. And there's just, well, let me ask you this. What happens when Elijah Mitchell comes back? Does Elijah Mitchell just take that secondary role? No, we have a primary back and we run this guy because he's in sync with the offensive line and this is how we play football. Think about 2019. See, I do think Elijah McCaffrey takes a backseat when he, when he returns. Okay, that's now, fair enough. He's like, to me, Christian McCaffrey's the guy that you rely on ideally in the first half of a game. I also think Debo Samuel factors into this, and we'll see him hopefully back this week against Arizona. And I do think yesterday at times I was I was thinking to myself, Dan, they, they miss Debo a little bit here because Las Vegas at times was able to hone in on number 23 and on a couple of drives stall the 49ers. And Las Vegas doesn't have a great defense. So I was thinking, okay, well, if this is the case... If Debo Samuel isn't on the field, maybe he's banged up a little bit, he's not 100%, and they have to rely on Christian McCaffrey, there might be some defenses that could sell out to try and stop this guy. And then that's when Brock Purdy's legs come into play. That's when Brandon Ayuk comes into play, George Kittle. But Christian McCaffrey is, he is, he is the work engine. He is what makes this offense go. I get that. 2019, Kyle Shanahan then, it was... Running back by committee. It was, let's go, Brita. All right, Brita's hit a wall. Let's get to the kid, the speech to Raheem Mostert. All right, Mostert gave me as much as he can. Let's get Tevin Coleman. I'm saying you would see that within the course of a half or an entire game. This seems to be a completely different page. By the way, I'm reading the text line. You ran a fence. Silver and black are like, we want some love. We're coming. We're coming. We'll talk about Stim Raiders, man. It was good to see the coconuts again. (laughs) I miss Raider fans, man. There's nobody like Raider fans. And seeing them at home, although, you know, I don't know what the percentage is. Home away from home. 70-30, Niner fans outshowed that of the Raider fans yesterday. But it was beautiful seeing the black hole, which is everywhere out there in Las Vegas. We'll get into the Raiders. We'll throw you some love. But first, let's get back out to the phone lines. Just give me Brian hanging out in San Jose and wants to talk about the Niners' defense. What's up, Brian? What's good? What's good? What's good? I think you guys, also, you guys are just about to shout out the Raider fans, right? Check this out. Just about you got to remember that this is San Francisco versus Oakland. So the Raiders, even though we got to forget about their ranking, we got to forget about all the mistakes, their car bitching, this is rivalry, teams versus like fans that love each other but hate each other, our best friends. You know what I mean? So the Raiders were out there pushing us to the max just because it's the Raiders. Like, this, doesn't, this isn't like Philadelphia or Uh, You know what I mean? Our our rivals are Dallas and Oakland. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thanks so much, bro. Wow. You know, to that point, how's this, Ev? Let me just throw this out there. This just danced into my head. They ought to play this game, much like Stanford and Cal... Ohio State, Michigan, mm-hmm. play this thing every year. But it's got to be played in the Bay Area. I want it in the Bay Area and have it at a neutral site. Well, it's not necessarily neutral if it's in the Bay Area. I understand you're going to get Niner fans, regardless of whether it's in Vegas or in the Bay Area. Have that thing out at Oracle. Or have that someplace where the East Bay fans can wake up, paint their faces, do whatever it is that they do, grab that, you know, a bottle of JD from the shelf, Say, honey, let's go. Let's let's do our thing, and and bring that thing back year in and year out here in the Bay Area. I enjoyed every minute of it yesterday. I think that's probably why they don't do that, Dan. Is <laughs> why <laughs> because the bottle of JD would be flowing. I'm not get, talking. Get the TSA. I'm not talking John Dickens in here. Get the, <laughs> the metal detectors from the airport. Get them back and just check every Raider fan as they come through. Let's just let's get this thing back in the Bay Area, man. I want to see that Raider. San Francisco 49er hatred back. Well, part of it is the security guards. It's like the you know the viral video, the security guard at the concert. He's just waving people in. He just goes down and out. Is is barely waving his baton. Doesn't even see any guy. Just just basically bringing people in. Anybody with a Raider jersey on. Anybody with a 49er jersey on. Looks like you're trying to have a good time <laughs> getting here. We're trying to pack this place to the brims. We will get into the Raiders. In fact, we'll do that on the on the next because it's not simply to give equal time. I could care less about the Raiders, but I do think. In a game against the Raiders, we do have to recognize what Jared Stidham did. Because quite frankly, and we'll also talk about Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy was the second best quarterback in that game yesterday, in my estimation. Yeah, no, he was. And and I think that Jared Stidham, along with a couple of other quarterbacks this year, whose names you might not remember, might not pay much attention to, have revealed somewhat of a trend about this 49ers defense that could be a bit concerning come playoff time. Let's just hammer on that for a bit, because to me, I think it's just, this is still one of the best, if not the best, defenses. Forget about this year we've seen in recent memory. I love going down to history, right? I love comparing this defense to that of the 2000 Ravens. I'm getting way ahead of myself, I understand. Going back to the 85 Chicago Bears or even the Seattle Seahawks back in the day. I love defenses. Because you see offenses go off. It's 2022. We go out five wide. Everyone's in a shotgun. We throw it on every other down. That's the way football is played these days. It's like flag football. Offenses can be explosive, and it can change from whoever's carrying that mantle from year to year. Defenses, historic defenses, are few and far between. 
And the last time we've seen a defense like this, you got to go back to 2019. And yes, this isn't a homer bias. It was the San Francisco 49ers. Are they showing some holes? Are you recognizing a trend? They weren't very good defensively against the pass against Washington. And we saw them give up 500 yards to to, I want to say Oakland, but to the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday. Yep. Is something trending in the wrong way, or is this just, hey, man, you're going to play 17 games in the NFL in 2022. You're going to have a few of these hiccups. It wasn't their best day for sure. 500 yards would tell you that. They haven't given up that since they played the Kansas City Chiefs. That also happened to be the last time they lost, and they did not lose yesterday. But what we've seen over the course of this season and what we've seen throughout the Kyle Shanahan's tenures, the 49ers and their defense, no matter how good it is, tends to struggle with a mobile quarterback. This season, Justin Fields, I know it's week one, but you took an L. Russell Wilson, I know he hasn't been good this year, but you took an L. Marcus Mariota against the Atlanta Falcons, I know you're missing four or five defensive starters, but you took an L on the road. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes can move, you took an L. Jared Stidham who we found out yesterday is in fact not a statue and can extend plays, can make plays with his legs. You almost took an L. So I'm looking at all five of those guys, and I'm not saying, look, they're not all created equal. Patrick Mahomes stands out like a sore thumb. But I'm looking at what are their measurables, what are their characteristics, and their characteristics are they can extend a play to the point where the secondary of the 49ers is forced to cover three, four, five guys sometimes for more than four or five seconds. And when that pass rush doesn't get home like it did yesterday, they had no sacks. I know they, I think they hit the quarterback nine times, but they got no sacks. Okay, well, now you're asking Diamador Lenore to hang out on an island with Devontae Adams. You're asking Talanoa Hufanga to hang out on an island with Darren Waller. The Raiders have weapons. They got big, imposing, basketball-like receivers downfield That's a tall task for the secondary, and this is why, if we're talking about all-time defenses, this is where the train stops. Because, yes, 85 Bears lost on Monday night to Dan Marino or whatever. Gave up 38 points. Yeah, the, the 2,000 Ravens took a couple L's. But those teams gave up 10 to 13 points a game. These four, This 49ers defense plays in a different era of football, but that's why, even though I do think this 49ers defense is as good, if not better, than the 2019 one, I cannot put it in an all-time discussion because we've seen now not one, not two, but five different mobile quarterbacks find ways to attack and expose, at times, this defense. I want to get into stopping a mobile quarterback because I've heard that as sort of a collective theme here in these parts. And my initial response to that is, how do you do that? I know you can get a spy. Mobile quarterbacks are mobile because they run and are instinctive when they see an opportunity to run. It's not as though it's a, you know, this is a pistol and we're going to RPO and I'm going off, you know, right tackle and you just simply can't stop me. You know, this becomes one of those schoolyard plays and I don't know who is good at stopping elusive quarterbacks. Certainly nobody that's played Justin Field this year. I don't think that you design or designate one player to to Okay, you're going to go watch this quarterback for the entire four quarters. We'll get into that conversation before we go to the break. Back out to the phone lines. Just give me Gene hanging out in Oakland. Gene, what's on your mind? Hey, fellas. Uh, so you, you covered one of my main points already, which, of course, has been covered almost ad nauseum in the past, that we have a problem with mobile quarterbacks. I mean, the other reason we lost yesterday, of course, as, as I see it, and I guess as uh, <laughs> Nick, 
Nick Bosa and even Fred Warner side is they, you know, they um, they weren't ready for this quarterback. You know, they didn't uh, they didn't come in with with the intensity they needed to to fight off the um, you know the Raiders who were playing for their lives. So, and then of course you got the the uh, the age old uh, rivalry between between the two teams to throw in and the fact they were in, in Vegas. I mean, but even when we finally woke up uh, in the second half, defensively, uh, as you say, we uh, we had problems with uh, with Stidham, who turned out to be a very mobile quarterback and was able to escape, you know, near uh, uh, disaster for him and uh, and and even complete passes and even touchdown passes. So, yeah, moving forward, yeah, they've got to find a way to to solve that. Find a way to contain these guys. Find a way to have a—I don't know—have a, uh, a spy there available so they don't run for 10, 15 yards. But you know, even the 85—even the 85 Bears. I was just looking looking this up. Uh, they gave up 38 points to Miami. They gave up 28 to—I uh, forget who it was—Tampa Bay or something. So they- yeah, we got to get to a break. Thanks, Gene, Brian. Hang in there. Uh, we'll get to your calls. They're stacking up here. We'll talk 49er football. I would just say, you know, I like playing the, the history game with the Bears and comparing them to the Ravens. But listen, just just eat what's on your plate, 49er can, fans. Can they be the Legion of Boom first? <laughs> Even the Legion of Boom. Just How about just beating Arizona and winning a Super Bowl? Who cares how the hell you do it? Defense is good. Maybe you give up. Maybe it's a shootout and you win. We got to forget about these historical references for right now. If... If the eye of the prize here is to win a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter how you slice that puppy up. Just get there and do it. We'll continue the conversation. We'll continue right after this on 95.7 The Game. Back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. How did he complete that? Just another one out of the portfolio that I just didn't see coming with Brock Purdy, who continues to amaze. Filling in for Steiny and Guru. Say hello to Evan Giddings, and it's Dan Devone alongside. We got you covered for the next couple of hours talking about the San Francisco 49ers are making nine consecutive wins with a thrilling come from behind, down by 10 in the second half to the Las Vegas Raiders. And they win it. Showed some metal, showed some character. Want to get into Brock Purdy, who didn't play well at times, but it's what he did after a rash of what I thought was really bad passes and what he did as he continues to get out. If there's there's more than one, but the checking boxes, like we got to come up with something else because that thing's getting, that's getting annoying. We got to come up with another phrase, but I'll use it. He checked another box. Please help me, Ev. Ev, you're the educated one here. You're <laughs> the literature major. Barely. Let's come up with another, you know, another axiom. I don't know whatever the phraseology is for that. But hey, Brian's hanging out in Palo Alto through the break. Wants to get into the San Francisco 49ers and talk about the defense and D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah. What's up, Brian? How are you, buddy? Hey guys, what's going on? Happy New Year. You too. Yeah, I mean that was a. Honestly, it was one of the most poorly coached games I've seen from a coordinator in Shanahan's time here yesterday from D'Amico. I don't know what he was doing. And obviously the weak link of the defense is Lenore, which we kind of already knew. But, like, there's ways that you can sort of cover him up a little bit. And anything possible to, like, anything that McDaniels wanted to do to torch Lenore yesterday, he did. 
including like Ward was like splitting out wide on like backup running backs. It was just perplexing what was going on yesterday. And hopefully it's, you know, for, for D'Amico, it's, you know, I mean, that, another one like that, and that's how you lose your head coach in Kansas City. It was just a very poorly prepared defense, poor in-game adjustments, and hopefully it doesn't happen again. All right, guys, thanks. Have a, have a great day. Well, so, oh, okay. I guess he left. I was going to ask him if if he did think that this would cost D'Amico Ryan's his head coaching candidacy because I think he's still out of here by at the end of this season. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! We got to well, yeah. This does nothing to deter from what has been a remarkable, remarkable performance on the part. In fact, I think even a clunker in the playoffs, he's he's still going to be gone. Yeah, because it's and it's not that. Hey, listen, we absolve this guy of everything of all wrongdoings, and when things go wrong, we blame it on the players, and when things go right, it's all about D'Amico Ryan's. No, we're not playing that game. But you need to see more of what happened if this was trending throughout the entire season where you're giving up 450 or 500 yards and you're winning shootouts then D'Amico Ryans isn't D'Amico Ryans but again you're going to have a game like this and you are overdue to get back to the percentages and the probabilities of something like this happening this was an inevitability and I think for 49er fans just be glad you got that bad taste out of the mouth now as opposed to to that thing happening in the postseason. It's reminiscent of the Golden State Warriors and the 73 wins during the regular season. Listen, what you've done in these nine you know, consecutive wins and the way you've turned the corner has been nothing short of amazing. But let's keep an eye on what this is all about. And it's about walking home with the hardware at the end of the season. 73 wins in a regular season is a great asterisk, but did you win the title? You know, and the same thing holds true with the 49ers. Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, we won 10 consecutive games at the end of the season should you beat Arizona. Never been done in franchise history. But if you don't win simply because you didn't have anything left in the tank come the postseason, and now you got to win 14 consecutive games, that's what this is, this is all about. This is what it comes down to. Yeah. Is to making sure that you get that bad game and it was about to happen. I don't put it on an individual player, although we do need to talk about Diamador Lenore. I've heard about Janarius Jenkins as potentially being a guy that could supplant him at one of the cornerback positions. And if there is a weak link, I do think it's Diamador Lenore and maybe some communication issues. But again, just collectively, you're just not going to have the same energy level, whether you're overlooking the Raiders because of everything that we read. I mean, they're human beings, right? They know that this stuff is taking place. And as much as you you prepare yourself mentally, hey, anything can happen, any given Sunday, all that crap, you're human beings. And somewhere resonating in the back of your head is that this is a lesser than team. It's the Raiders, for crying out loud, and they've been trashed this year. And now it's a team in turmoil. For crying out loud, Devontae Adams was taking interviews about potentially leaving this team. Derek Carr is no longer with the squad. They're imploding. We're heading in the other direction. All we got to do is show up. And we're winning this thing by two touchdowns. Vegas had them a double-digit favorite. Things like this will happen. You will show up and you just won't have the same energy level. But the fact that you show up and you're not good and you're not all there mentally, defensively, and you still win because your offense this time carried the torch speaks volumes about the character of this squad. Let's get out to Roy hanging out in San Leandro. Wants to chime in about the Niners. What's up, Roy? Hey, how's it going, fellas? Good. Uh Good. Uh, I just basically wanted to, to mention uh, going forward with the 49ers because to me, the 49ers is not as really good as they could be. If they had a went ahead on and, and got another defensive end someplace, even 
from another NFL team or by by way of draft to go along with uh, the other guy in 1997. Uh, Bosa. Uh, they, they would even actually be better. But but this is what I wanted to say, though. Going forward, do you think that, like, if Trey Lance don't really show nothing this year, uh, do you think that the 49ers should maybe, maybe just consider trading him? And the second thing I wanted to say before I get off the air is that, uh, you know, like you guys talking about the Raiders, well, they shouldn't have got rid of that Italian guy that coached last year. I mean, he was, to me, right, exactly. He had them in the right direction. But at the same time, though, you know, Mike Davis just decided to do like his father, say, well, he ain't good enough, you know, and, uh, and get rid of him. So I'd, I'd like to, for you guys to chime on what I just said. And thanks a lot for taking my call. Fangio's not the right name, is it, Craig? Yeah, the, Fangio is not. Who am I thinking? I always forget this guy's name. But he went to the. He's with the Chargers doing special teams now. Anyways, we'll get it for you. Okay. But he was the guy that. Uh, okay, what is the. For crying out loud, that's going to crush me. Craig will have a trivia day moment. with Dan Devon. In a matter of moments. But yeah, he's the guy. He was the interim last year. Uh, they could have been better off with him as the head coach. Uh, what was he talking about? What was the caller talking about? Because I just got caught up on the Italian. Well, he coach. was he was asking. Sorry, Craig. Oh, please. Uh, well, actually, I'm, I'm I'm relaying the <laughs> back this way. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to butcher this name, but Rich Biscot Biscotti. Bisaccia. Bisaccia. Thank Bisaccia. you. Thank Not you great with those nice. Italian words. All right. Now we can continue. Yeah, he's talking about Trey Lance. Trey Lance isn't going anywhere. He did. The caller did bring up a good point. On, I do think that you're not getting help from another defensive end, right? It's it's the Nick Bosa show, and whether it's Ebukam or somebody coming off the other edge, this is about, you know, this is about Bosa. So putting pressure on a quarterback, it's pretty much a one man show for the San Francisco 49er team. Yeah, and look, you'd love to have a second top tier pass rusher, but. Look, Eric Armstead is really good. I know that he's not maybe an elite pass rusher, but you saw him almost single-handedly shut the door on the Raiders at the one-yard line on fourth and goal in that game. You see him show up in the run game, which is where usually the 49ers are very good. That's the other part of this. I think that as much as Jared Stidham stood out, what really stood out to me was the fact that the Raiders got 130 on the ground. As Josh, Josh Jacobs, Nick Bosa called him the best running back he's played against after the game. But that Las Vegas team is not one that a lot of people envision being able to establish a consistent running game against this 49ers front. The 49ers hadn't given up 80 or more yards on the ground since they played Kansas City. Like, this was a team that had shut everything down to the point where you had to pass against them. And that's why the pass rush could pin their ears back. So Nick Bosa, and look, he he did his work. I know he didn't have a sack, but he creates that last play in overtime where Stidham throws the pick to Deshaun Gibson and sets up the game-winning field goal. Like, Nick Bosa made that play. That's as good of a sack, or he should be even granted the interception in that situation. Like, you'd love to have the second pass rusher, but there's also a reason why you have the most talented roster in football. Like, okay, so if you don't have a, a second pass rusher, well, you got three pretty damn good linebackers. I know that... We're going to hear further testing today for Dre Greenlaw. Went down with a back injury yesterday, but 
Fred Warner, Trey Greenlaw, Aziz Alshair, that's best linebacking core in football. I know that Diamondor Lenore got exposed a little bit yesterday, but Jarvaris Ward is a great cover corner. Talano Hufanga's head of the pro ball, though he got beat yesterday by Waller. Jimmy Ward is a longstanding veteran with this team. He's a leader on defense. And then up front, you got a horde of guys that rotate. We saw Drake Jackson show up yesterday for the first time in a while. They have a deep bench on defense to the point where, yes, Nick Bosa maybe doesn't have, like Max Crosby usually, he wasn't out there yesterday, would have Chandler Jones on the other side. You're looking at, I don't know, like the, the Chargers have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. The Niners don't have that, but they have everything else around Bosa that allows him to be successful. So I hear Roy's point that you would love another pass rusher, but to me, that wasn't the issue yesterday. The issue was, for whatever reason, like you said, you allowed a Las Vegas team to come out and punch you in the mouth, both through the air and on the ground, and they got you back on your heels to where you couldn't get to the quarterback. You did not get a sack. That's not always going to happen. But if you're telling me Las Vegas can put up 500 yards on this defense if they don't have a great day, well, then I'm looking at the playoff teams. I'm looking at you know Philly. I'm looking at Dallas has been offensively explosive this year, even if they haven't been lately. First round. First round, do not overlook whether it's going to be Green Bay or Detroit coming out of that game. I know Seattle maybe doesn't scare people, but as Sterling Bennett brought up last night on overtime, you're playing them a third time this year. You never really want to play a team a third time that you've already handled. We saw last year against the Rams. So that might scare you. Like There are offenses out there that can put up yards and put up points. And is this defense going to be one that is going to revert back? I would say so. Because they've done it now for the better part of nine weeks. But if you have a bad game, can your offense hold serve? And that's what we found out. I think what you're you're talking about, Dan, that's what we found out yesterday. Is your offense can hold serve when your defense gives up 400, 500 yards. And that should provide you with some confidence. And when you think about the postseason... And I just think, again, this game was just the outlier. I know a lot of people want to talk about trends. We overreact, and that's what this is all about. Nothing wrong with it. That's what happens the day after a Monday after a football game. We're all in the trees with this stuff. This defense is still the best in the NFL. Again, it's a team, I think, that just overlooked the Raiders. And throughout the course of a season, especially towards the end of the year, you're going to have these sort of things that are going to take place. But when you think about the postseason now, I don't want to see, I'm glad Taylor Heineke ain't in this thing. And I'm glad I don't got to see Taysom Hill or the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. I don't want any of those coconuts in the postseason. Give me Tom Brady who's going to be there. There's a good chance that Aaron Rodgers is going to get there should they take care and handle business. They now control their own destiny. They got to beat Detroit next week. Yeah, they win, they're in. And Rodgers will get there. There's a good chance. If Rodgers gets in as a seventh seed, that's who the 49ers could meet in the first round. That's going to be fun. I'm sorry. I know you have a better chance of beating Taylor Heineke. I want to see you take on Aaron Rodgers. Now, if Aaron Rodgers is given second life, and how many times have we thrown dirt on that team this year? You give him an opportunity and say, hey, man, everybody's records is zero. You got here. Welcome to the dance. And if you're having some communication issues... In the backfield, and I'm talking about the back four for that of the San Francisco 49ers. The one thing that I think is plausible, if there's some sort of carryover effect of what we saw against Washington as well as yesterday, and you got Aaron Rodgers in the postseason, well, it could be a different story. 
Because Jarrett Stidham, yeah, he took advantage. But if there are serious issues as far as Diamador Lenore and maybe some communication with a young player like that at Talano Hufunga and some of the safeties, Aaron Rodgers can make you pay. Yeah, he can. Look, we found out yesterday, an Xfinity Mobile text line from the 707 brings up a good point. Devontae Adams is just really that good. He's going to burn you at times. Lenore has been solid. That's really all you can ask for from a young corner. Yes, that's true. Devontae Adams is perhaps the best receiver in football. He's going to make plays. So then, and he like he gave it to Charverius Ward on that, that touchdown in the back of the end zone. But there are going to be situations where we're starting to see, can your playmakers make plays? And we saw it all across the league yesterday. You talk about Tom Brady. Well, he threw three touchdowns to Mike Evans. That dude was running wild on Carolina yesterday. Like, there were dudes that, tonight, we're going to see a bunch of playmakers between Cincinnati and Buffalo. Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase. When you have to match up against those top-tier players, there are going to be situations where they just simply do what they do. And the Raiders, even though they have been you know, written off for much of this year, they've played in close games a lot this season because they have playmakers. They have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. are all quality, high-quality players. So if you're telling me the Niners got, you know, torched by those dudes, I would tell you, okay, the 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 wild card is is Jared Stidham. That's that's the guy that I think makes a lot of people worry a bit. Where if if a backup quarterback and look, it's his first career start. No one's got any tape on him really. Maybe they overlooked him. Made him maybe they didn't. But if that guy is going to throw for three sixty five, if that guy is going to be able to get out of the pocket and escape. You know, Bosa, who didn't have a sack yesterday. Well, then what's Jalen Hurts going to do? You know, what's what, what's your guy in New York, Daniel Jones, going to do, who ran for a couple of touchdowns <laughs> yesterday? <laughs> like, DJ, Daniel Jones was out there running wild. I mentioned something maybe two years ago that you're still hanging on to like a dog with a soup bone, that, that Daniel Jones is going to have a good year. Dan is short for <laughs> Daniel Jones. Let's get back out to the phone line, San Jose. Man. I don't recognize any of these names, man. Usually at night, I've got all the ghouls and coconuts running around, and, and you guys got normal people when the sun's up. Moose! I don't know how normal Moose is, but Noose, what do you got, my man? Dan, come on. I'm your, I'm your 8.30 p.m. nighttime. Oh, that's I'm right. Moose, my night God, night night man. Game. Apologies, brother. Oh, Moose, come on, Dan. you know what? Now I feel comfortable. Too. Now I feel comfortable because, you know, here's the thing, Moose. Yeah. They got me on usually at night. I, I Like, I, you know, the, the lights, you can't see anything, right? It's, it's dark out, and then I'll fill in in the mornings, and you can't see anything. This is the first time. I'm like Dracula around here. They put me in a coffin, and now the sun's out, and they got me doing a show. I don't recognize anything, and thank God, Moose... Is somebody that I is just bringing me back home. Thank you, Moose. It's still foggy. Yeah, Dan. Night or day, you got good energy, man, I, I, and, I, and I like it. So I wanted to say, look, I'm I'm not as worried about Stidham. We went in. I mean, I mean, we shouldn't be. We went into this game knowing, hey, it's a, a you know young QB. There's no tape. He kind of had the same same thing that we were uh, slinging out there with Purdy in terms of no teams knowing what's going on. He, I had a feeling he was going to go a little wild. And look, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. So I, I'm not. Now, I can't sit here and say, hey, the defense is reeling and now we're going in the opposite direction. This, they, were, they were due for a bad game, and, I, and I, I would chalk this up as that bad game. However, look, this was, this was the adversity win that the team needed. I know Stiney's been whining for weeks saying this team's never won a big game. Purdy hasn't, won, hasn't really done anything, hasn't had any adversities and playing with leads. Regardless of the Raiders and their record, this was that adversity win the team needed. I'd go as far to say even if you lost this game, this is a game that kind of smacks you in the back of the – you know, on the backside and said, hey, wake up, 
Um, you know, we can't be losing the games like this. This is this is the Broncos game almost all over again. However, the offense was able to take us to a 37-point victory. You wouldn't have had, I mean, I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think you would have had that with him. I mean, you saw Brock Purdy go twice, go back, uh, I think three times actually, go back and score. It was field goal, touchdown, field goal. Um, obviously, Gould missed the field goal to win it, but look, this kid has some moxie. This is a little bit of adversity. I think that I think that the team needed that Brock Purdy himself needed. This was probably the best thing that could have happened, regardless of the of the opponent. And I, I, I actually liked I like seeing uh, us coming on top on, the, on on a win like this. So, want to uh, get your get your thoughts on that? See, leave it to one of the night crawlers to give us the best call of the day. Spot on, Moose. We got three hours. Let's continue with this conversation, and we'll start it now, and we'll continue after the break. Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, for me at least, there's more stuff that I needed to see from the guy. It, nothing short of amazing, all right? Don't don't misunderstand. I, I'm on board. I get it. This guy is, he's, he's the storyline in the NFL right now. But the one thing, the drum that I was beating is that let me see what this guy is like when he's had a bad game because we're talking about inevitabilities. If you play quarterback long enough, and I don't care, if you're Otto Graham, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, if you play quarterback long enough, you're going to have that bad game. What I want Otto Graham on you? say Otto Graham? (laughs) (laughs) They got playing the 50s? Were you even alive when Otto Graham was playing? No, but I got references. I was Leatherheads. When when Lincoln was shot as president, I can tell you about it. I got historical references. I thought it was when Lincoln got shot. (laughs) So, I think that Here's the thing when you're talking about a quarterback that eventually if you play long enough, you're going to have a bad game, not an indictment that he's a bad quarterback. And I thought yesterday was the first time we saw him personally, forget about the team, him personally deal some adversity, throws the pick when he underthrows Kittle. And then what was interesting thereafter is you wanted to see, okay, you threw the pick in a close game. It hurt you. How are you going to respond? You know how he responded? He missed Juwan Jennings in what I thought could have been a touchdown down the sidelines. The next play, he throws behind George Kittle. And I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. We're beginning to see not one, but a rash of bad plays. How is he personally going to respond? And you know what they did? Whether it was a conversation with Kyle Shanahan and or Brian Greasy, they said, young fella, let's get back to what it is that you do. Let's go pinpoint with that drag route or the shallow crosses, and that put him right back into Purdy mode. Bing, boom, right on target to Brandon Ayuk, and he got back to being Purdy. And immediately you saw the short memory, and from a personal standpoint, he showed what at least I was looking for, and that was bounce back yesterday. Yeah, Brock Purdy plays... Like, he has the memory of a goldfish. I know that's a popular line used around these areas, but, like, he has a short-term memory. He does not care about the previous play. Now, you could say that might get you hurt because we saw him make a couple of questionable throws. We saw him, sure, throw that one up to Kittle that was intercepted, the 50-50 ball, even though Kittle, I believe, was reported by Fox coming off the field. Kittle saying, you know, basically, good job, young fella. Way, way to throw that. Way, way to trust me. Like, I'll, I got you next time, basically. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to spin that off as... He maybe shouldn't have thrown that ball, but it was a it was it was what Brock Purdy has shown so far through four and three quarters quarters, which is he is going to lay it all out there, and that's all you can ask from a quarterback. The other part of it too is I do think when Brock Purdy moves in the pocket, like we're, if we're talking about mobile quarterbacks are the hard to defend. I think that's the reason why Brock Purdy is so difficult to defend because when he extends plays. 
which he clearly does better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And even though Trey Lance has maybe the legs for it, doesn't yet have the the pocket awareness that Brock Purdy has has shown since he's taken over as starting quarterback. But when Brock Purdy gets out of the pocket, he 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 looks like he feels comfortable. He feels comfortable in those uncomfortable spots to where he can let George Kittle kind of slide over in the back of the end zone, hit him in the back corner to the point where he can find enough room to give his receivers time to get open and then hit him down the field. He may miss a couple, but I also saw Aaron Rodgers overthrow a couple of receivers yesterday, and they won going away against Minnesota. I saw Dak Prescott throw two terrible interceptions on Thursday night. I've seen Jalen Hurts miss some throws this season. Those are all quarterbacks that would we would say would be you know higher on the pecking order than Brock Purdy right now. Quarterbacks that you're going to have to beat maybe in the playoffs. Everyone is going to make mistakes, but you're right. Then how do you respond to those mistakes? And Purdy also has the benefit of a great surrounding cast, guys that he can rely on to pick him up if he doesn't make the right play or doesn't make the perfect play. But within ten to fifteen yards, I'm pretty comfortable trusting Brock Purdy to be able to fit a ball into a decent window. I'm okay with Brandon Ayuk on the last drive being able to create enough separation that Brock Purdy can eye him down and find the right window to put the ball in. I feel like Brock Purdy right now, if we're talking about you know boxes checked or, or things that you had to see left from Brock Purdy, yes, he did bring you back from 10 points. But to me, he also gave himself a reference point to go back to, an experience that he can tap into and say, now, I won in a comeback fashion, and I won a game that was in the balance. That's what I saw from Brock Purdy. Before we go to the break, let me ask you this question, and we'll continue with the theme on the other side. Have you seen enough? From Brock Purdy, or is there another box that needs to be checked? That's you, Ev. Where are you at with this guy right now? I mean, yes, he's still got boxes that need to be checked. You gotta win a playoff game. Okay. Is, so he hasn't is played it, in the playoffs yet. So it's about winning the big game, or winning in, in the postseason. Yeah, and that's a hell of a big box. Sure, but sure. if that's the only one you gotta check, that's well, I'm, also, I'm asking you, is it the only one, or have you seen enough at this point? Is that the only one that's still out there? Enough to what? To trust him in a, in a playoff? Yeah, I, yeah. Trust as, a, as a starting quarterback in the NFL for your football team. Yeah, of course. He's, right. look, he's won the first five games he's played. First person to do it since Ben Roethlisberger. Let's get back. Uh, well, we'll go to a break, and then we'll come yeah. back, and we'll discuss Brock Purdy and his future with the San Francisco 49ers, that being the immediate future, with Evan Giddings and Dan Devone in 95.7 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 